Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa be upon you. This is your sister Aisha Ladan, and welcome to the Manifest Your Brilliance podcast, where we provide news, reviews, interviews, and how to's for creative spiritual entrepreneurs. All right, all right, all right, let's get this party started, y'all. It is Wednesday, hump day, April 10th, 2019. Welcome to another episode of Manifest Your Brilliance. On today's episode, I am sitting with Ikra Azhar, founder of Slay Collective. I've been wanting to sit down and ask her a bunch of questions for a while. Ikra Azhar, welcome to Manifest Your Brilliance. Tell us a little bit about Slay Collective, um, how you came up with the idea, what's behind that? Uh, Sure. Um, Honestly, it wasn't thought up the way that it is now. Um, And I think that happens with every business, it just kind of evolves to better and better ideas. It probably started off when I was working with Nurkase on her Sakina app, which is now sold to another company. Um, and we had reached out to a lot of influencers to do, you know, like a pre-launch campaign. And I was really excited by the results of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then also we, um, like just the three person team got together like 10,000 users for that, ten, for that mobile app. It was a Muslim marketplace. And afterwards, I remember telling her, you know, like, it would be so cool if, like, we got all the influencers together or, you know, like, all of us ladies who do these kind of things together. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, but I can't do that. Maybe you can do that. And I was like, <laughs> it just kind of stuck in my mind. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because at that point, I was just trying to increase my, like, digital marketing agency kind of clients and, and team members and stuff. So I kept doing that, but it kept staying in the back of my mind. And mm-hmm. then the more I like delved into working for myself, regardless of whatever company or brand I was trying to start and grow, it just felt really lonely. Like it was um, always working from home and everybody's, you know, out for themselves. And very few of us kind of, even in Toronto, when it originated in Toronto, would like talk to each other about our struggles or about our successes. There was one Facebook group that I was a part of, but it was, more just emphasizing like creative different creative women around the world um so it was just like share your workspace and share like you know that whatever project you're working on but not necessarily like the ins and outs of you know customers driving you nuts or or how to like um you know um grow your sales or or like the nitty-gritty of like shipments and stuff and like Mm -hmm. sometimes there were topics that just popped up but it was just one person asking and then there would be a thread but it wasn't something that the group was focused on Right. So, um, and, and then what happened was I was struggling with my, um, home decor line, which is really the business that started it all because, um, I wasn't sure at that point, but that's really what I wanted to do. And I was stuck somewhere and a couple of my entrepreneur friends in Toronto, they were also stuck with some things. And I, I gave them some advice about collaborating and they ended up growing a lot of sales from that idea. And they actually told me, they're like, great, you should kind of hold off on your home decor and you should do this. And I was like, mm. okay, maybe maybe I really should because I was stuck there anyways. And this seemed to be working. So it was like, God closes the doors, you know, wherever he thinks he needs to and opens other ones. And, and you can tell that you're supposed to go through them because it just, it it manifests so easily. Right. Um, And it just keeps going. Like, no, like I would literally apply for jobs and get shot over and over. Like the door closed on the most basic of jobs and those same exact skill sets people were hiring me for like small business one-on-one so it was just like I just kept getting more and more inquiries that way but mm-hmm. you know like for it doesn't matter like what 
you know, I applied for otherwise, it was like so clear to me that God wanted me to continue to do this. So I kind of just got like pushed into it. And, it just kind of <laughs> and then, you know, when you just like, when you start to figure things out and you take it seriously, you're like, okay, what do I really want this to represent? What do I really want to include here? What am I going to be posting about every day? What's important to me? So then things just keep getting built out. Right. Definitely. That's really awesome. Yeah. Cause I remember um, when it first started, I'm like, oh, now, now she's kind of switched it up for to influencers. And I thought that that was really, really interesting. So um, yeah. would, what would, how would, how do you describe it? Someone's like, oh, what do you do? What is Slay Collective? How do you explain it to them? Um, if they say, what do I do? I just say I'm a digital marketer and I leave it at that because most of the time, if you say entrepreneur to someone who doesn't understand entrepreneur, they're just going to look at you funny. Um, because most of the time you, you need to have an established business, a really far flung kind of, you know, everywhere business before anybody kind of gets it, unless they've already been in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, but for when someone really knows what I'm about and they just want to know more, Slay Collective is literally just a digital marketing agency, but we have, um, a collective portion. So we want to have some sort of community aspect to it. So, so far it's just been like events, workshops, um, in an online community, but it's growing to be more of an online community um and globally so um but it does focus on entrepreneurs and bloggers and the women in between who feel like they either appreciate what we're doing or want to be one of those um mm -hmm. and they want how and yeah i did include influencers a lot because i find them to be having an entrepreneurial spirit and a lot of them have already done a lot of the personal brand work but sometimes they're still looking for that purpose or that business that they want to build. Mm -hmm. um, also because of the digital marketing aspect, I used to work with both sides a lot. So just, they're just both part of the story for me. Um, right. So, it so what's the biggest for me myth? to have them all in one place. Yeah. What's the biggest myth that you think about entrepreneurship? What do you think the like, people oh, assume? Yeah. People will always assume that, um, it's a lot easier than having a corporate job and um, like that you just literally get to like chill at home and <laughs> there's no work involved um, or that it doesn't pay a lot, which isn't true. Cause if you get it going, you can make more than sometimes um, what you're capped at corporate uh, careers. Um, and uh, what was that? The third one, the biggest one would probably be, um, what was I thinking? Um, I don't know that you don't have the most of the time that you don't have a legit business mm. and you're calling yourself an entrepreneur because you want to be one, but you're not really one. Right. So a lot of people be like, but do you actually make money? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just doing this for fun. Like I just, it's a hobby. You know, like, yeah. Not even a hobby. Like even a hobby, you would say it was a hobby, but it's like, why would someone go and call themselves something and dive into like 80 hours of work a week for little pay if it wasn't, something they believed in that much. Like people will be telling you, your family, your friends, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, whatever, like, all the sorts of comments. And you're taking it all because you believe in something. Mm -hmm. And not even that, there's probably some sort of solution you're feeling somewhere. So it's kind of crazy, the the mental blocks that people have um, when people say it. But for myths, like entrepreneurs themselves, the myths mm -hmm. that they might have is making money quickly, like growing quickly. And it's like, oh, wait, but I didn't do A, B, or C, or I haven't broken even after three years. And it's like, you, you, you might not. Like, a lot of people don't. Right. 
it doesn't so what mean... would you say you wish you knew when you first started that you know now like oh I wish I would have known this in the beginning um I mean I don't know if knowing this would have helped like would have stopped me but it might have prepared me a little better um one is to plan how you're going to grow your business um because I kept on like I had three businesses at once and mm -hmm. even though I heard that's not a great thing to do I knew I didn't want to let any, any of them go but I just decided that I would use one to, to kind of fund the other and it's not always that easy so the the two things I would think hard like more hard about is um which one do I want to make the main focus and which ones I can put to the side until a later time and then how I plan to grow um, each of them if they weren't like right. relying on each other because you know most people will just have one and they can do the part-time job or they have some or they'll do the side hustle and have a full-time job or they they get a loan or whatever it is but if you're using up all your time in three different entrepreneurial pursuits you're really limiting um, you know where you're going to be like growing from except for bootstrapping except for right. just taking what you're making and putting it back in so um yeah that kind of thing but honestly like it's hard to know everything before you start you can be as prepared as you want and still not get going right so yeah you know i just had to like keep start moving because otherwise i don't know what i would like i would have taken the next steps mm -hmm. so you mentioned that um you're kind of geared to influencers um i want to stop a minute and welcome everybody so those of you that are joining us welcome to the manifest your brilliance podcast uh Iker and i are talking about manifest your brilliance we are small business entrepreneurs so we are just diving in and talking about how we're showing up and making an impact with our businesses so my question is you said that you um really work a lot with influencers what do you consider to be an influencer? So this is a word that's kind of thrown around. It was like, oh, I'm an influencer. I want to be an influencer. What is your definition of an influencer or what would you say an influencer is? Um, I think it's a more of a self-identity thing because it's just like kind of like when, how we say like, do you consider yourself Muslim? So if somebody's calling themselves that, I feel like they want to be in the business of blogging because um, sometimes bloggers are not always doing it for uh, as a job. They're sometimes just doing it personally or for fun. Um, so influencer means like I'm, I've built my portfolio. I'm, you know, taking clients. Um, I have a following of some sort, which is what they consider influence. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of know who they want to work with. So maybe this like, um, you know, the next step, like how you have roles in a, in a workforce and you kind of have to climb the ladder. I would say like blogger would have been the first position and then they moved on to influencer if they've decided mm. to go that route okay. um but definitely yeah definitely there are literally like job titles now where it says influence relations and management and whatnot so we kind of have to stick with that term even as other mainstream companies are acknowledging that role um and so in the marketing world that definitely means like advisors mm. um and taking the place of you know other maybe like entertainment celebrities right. uh, and and you get to have them in different departments and there's so and there's so many now there's there's micro ones too which have like you know lower amount of followings but still maybe high engagement so somebody needs to track of keep track of them and reach out and whatnot and just be a manager so or you can call it talent maybe I mean 
the word originates somewhere and then it gets associated with an industry. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. Cause I know like a lot of people when I hear influencer and then I just read, um, read, uh, Brittany Hennessy's book, um, on being an influencer and she really dove deep into like what an influencer is. And it wasn't what I expected, but I definitely learned a lot. I loved it. So what I think was a lot definition? of people think, um, well, she doesn't give a definition, but she just talks about being an influencer and all of the work that it goes into, that it's not just taking a picture yeah. of a product and you post it on Instagram. And I think yeah. that that's what a lot of people think is, oh, I can take a picture, oh, post yeah. it on Instagram, and I'm going to get all these followers, and then AKA I'm an influencer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if it was that easy, then every single person would be one. Now, the fact that there is a rise in it makes it look like anybody can do it, but it, once you get into it, you'll know it's not that easy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's basically what her book was about. She talks about contracts. She talks about collaboration. She talks about a lot of things. And I was like, this is a really good book. And if you are like trying to be an influencer, it's good because it will kind of sift people out and get rid of the people yeah, who don't want to do the work, but want to. it looks like fun. Yeah. It's, it scared me because I'm like, to me, I don't consider myself an influencer, but I like, like people like you, I like to interview influencers and I like to talk to influencers, but I'm like, it's a lot of work to be a yes, quote unquote influencer. I'm like, you can be influential, yeah. Um, but to be an influencer to me is very different. And I think a lot of people throw that word around. So when I um, was looking at your Instagram and I was like, oh, okay, she works with influencers. I was like, well, what does she mean by influencer? So I thought I would ask. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I think that's just a word that people understand, like they understand that term these days. Otherwise, it could easily be mis replaced with, you know, like, um, you know, celeb talent or um, personalities or something like that. Because, or yeah, or like, but the thing is that they're all in different industries. So I only got like one or two words on my bio. So I have to, you know, make it concise. And in social media world, like it just, you know, um, a lot of people kind of like have an idea of what that or who that is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, because, and it's especially in relation to, you know, like the context there is brands and small businesses. So um, I think people can figure out what it means, but um, it, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I like talking to them as well, but it was definitely um, a sense of natural communication that led me towards that because I'm not saying I, I am an influencer, but I used to feel like I was a blogger and I kind of understand a lot of what goes into it, even though I didn't follow through. So a lot of times when brands would expect influencers, even then to, you know, like either come up with a concept without giving them any like introductions or um, just have trouble communicating with them. It was easy for me to step in and kind of mediate and just communicate with them. So I was like, wait, like, you know, I like this kind of thing and it's easy for me and, and it seems to help people. So while I'm working with brands, I can do this as well. I actually don't charge for a lot of my influencer and brand connection services. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that I do to like grow my business and keep meeting people and, um, you know, like provide solutions, but I don't want to like make money just from that connection or just from, someone else's hard work and stuff like that in that way. So, um, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the traditional like influencer agency. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned um, you don't charge for your services. What are the specific services or what are, so if I'm an influencer and I come to you, what is the goal or the outcome that 
I can expect when I'm working with you? Well, that is a newer part of our um, company. So it's a department that's still on, you know, growing, but mostly we're accepting uh, different tiers of influencers. So it depends on which um, kind of level you're at, because obviously if you're somebody who's worked with really great brands already and have those connections, you may not even need ours unless you're looking for something different. Um, mm -hmm. So it's always going to be right now, like a lot of more, you know, micro influencers who don't really care too much about the big brands. They just want to have um, the right brands to work with. Um, you know, like they may have either no time to connect with them and no, someone not marketing on their behalf. Um, or they just don't know a lot of people yet. They're still growing. They're focusing on their content um, and not pitching themselves. Right. Um, and so when I'm working with brands, it's easy for me to know when and who is looking for someone. So then I'll be like, you know what? This person's available and ready, but this person's way too busy. Don't even bother. Or this person like looks like they might be a great fit, but I know they won't even like to work with this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, it's just that sort of connection. And yeah, I don't charge both ways. So like if an influencer is on our roster, there's no fees for that. It's just me helping them to get in uh, working with different brands. Mm -hmm. And um, similarly, when a brand ends up working with someone, um, I don't take any commissions or cuts out of that. The only thing is that, if, you know, if I am connecting, I ask the influencer to give them a special slate collective sort of price and mm -hmm. um, they honor that. And therefore they don't really um, like they prefer to go having some sort of manager in the middle instead of just pitching to them if they don't already have that relationship. Right. Um, yeah. So it works out, but most of the time our services are more about social media uh, management, um, content creation, um, SEO or face paid advertisements online. Um, or just consulting on strategy. Like right before this live, I got a question about um, a new service that these, uh, like this couple who's never done business before wants to offer in time for Ramadan. And they have no idea what the three top, the top three, like any way to get it out there. So <laughs> um, I provide free consultations. I don't charge for that. If someone wants like a long-term service from our company, then they can sign up for it. But <laughs> I give them like, how to do what they need to do if I can in 30 minutes. Um, and if it works out, it's literally just like proof that, you know, that I know I'm talking about. So right. they will always be loyal, you know, fans of our brand. And mm -hmm. if they feel like they need more help, they can come back. Right. So I'm not someone who believes in like keeping all secrets to myself. Basically. That's awesome. Hey, it's on like I'm Hafta. Yeah, definitely. And so that was one of the reasons why I started Legacy Lab. Like you mentioned, people get lonely. You're like, okay, this isn't working or that's not working or I need feedback on this. Um, so I consider Legacy Lab, I call it like a knowledge share. It's a place. And I told my husband, I was like, it's like the, like um, a modern day house of wisdom is people come share their knowledge there and then people come there to gain more knowledge. Um, because yeah, it seems like there's a lot, seems to be some competition um, within Muslim women entrepreneurs what are your thoughts about our oh, so community as Muslim women entrepreneurs and inclusion and diversity and all that? So what are you, what do you, how do you see things from your perspective? What do you see is going on? With I us? think this is the best question of the night, um, especially the way you framed it, because it like the diversity inclusion part is lacking. It's like, we shouldn't have to call up people to be inclusive of different cultures and races and parts of the world. 
Um, mm-hmm. But that's what's happening. Like, because I think one of the reasons it's not intentional, but the thing is still, if you're a leader, you're supposed to be consciously thinking about everyone, um, not just whatever's convenient. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of overwhelm with um, growing and managing business these days. Um, people want to grow fast. So sometimes they're sloppy and other times, you know, like for the lack of diversity inclusion part, they don't mean to do it, but it happens. Um, or just like honoring your friends over someone who might have that ch- talent and, and potential and not like just overlooking them. There's a lot of neglect that way. A lot of, um, I think the business principles are not taught well because it's a lot of self-taught stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some people do have it naturally. Like I learned a lot from my ex-husband. He was really like, there was a lot of things I didn't understand at the time, but now that I look at it, I was like, wow, like he actually cared about the customer a lot. And um, Can you repeat the name? Cause it kind of broke out. You learned a lot from who? Oh, my ex-husband. Okay. He was, he was in the automotive um, business and um, a lot of things that I used to think were kind of just, I don't know, like not professional or something. Now I understand to be um, actually just like super passionate about a customer or, um, you know, like, he, he had actually had all really good business training. Um, mm-hmm. And he should actually, because when you do work at places and stuff, you pick up on those things. So a lot of, what I find is that a lot of entrepreneurs have, do not have that background of um, what the standards are, what that professionalism is. So that's why a lot of those mistakes happen or unprofessionalism happens because otherwise you're taught, not just in business school, but at workplaces that you don't ever overlook little guy you don't ever you know like it's about the customer it's not about you things like that but when you're going into it like one-on-one it there's so much that we're handling that i think a lot of people get overwhelmed and forget those kind of principles Mm -hmm. um as for competition or whatever um i think there's a lot of fears in that um and I think that's only that's only kind of like that will only get resolved when people figure more and more of themselves out and more and more uh, of what their business is really about. Like the more branding and differentiation you do in your company, you realize it's unlike anyone else's and you're not really worried. You're not right. really like there's going to be some everybody has a specialty. Right. And the other thing is that we, I don't know why it is, but we seem to think that. <laughs> that no matter how many Muslims are in the world, there's only like 10 people out there and that we need all of them. So <laughs> like literally, like there could be like hundreds and thousands of people that you're having in your legacy lab and I could have the same amount in mine and it'll be completely different people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are actually 200,000 people for both of us, but mm-hmm. we're not, because we don't believe in ourselves in, in the fact that we can reach them, we're all looking at the same sort of crew where we may have like grown up or people around us or something. and and fighting over those people when the, the truth is that's literally going to bring down your company and your vibe because you shouldn't be chasing at all. It should be attraction. Right. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have either different styles, so they'll pick whatever resonates with them, or they like shopping all the people. Like they will shop all four different brands or different companies with different things. Like one of my closest supporters literally supports everyone who's in the same industry as me. And mm-hmm. it's because she like, it's not just because she's, you know, into one person or another. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be personal. It shouldn't be like that. Like literally someone came up to me 
when I first started to say Clifton and said, you know, I'm starting another thing like yours. And I was like, why? Just out of curiosity, like, <laughs> don't you want to join us or something? And she's like, I just, I just wanted to be more about unicorn. So I want to do a unicorn thing. And I was like, mm. okay, all right. Like, I'm sorry I didn't represent that <laughs> party, but like, go for it. And I thought that was a little weird. And I, I keep thinking about that girl sometimes because I'm just like, I wonder, like, did she go through with it? That's like, like, does it mean that you just have different ideas and you're like just really eager to, you know, carry that your vision? I'm not going to stop you, but um, sometimes it's it's better to join up with some like with whichever's like whatever organizations already out there, and mm -hmm. then figure out your place from there. And a lot of people do do that and then make their own careers out of it, and you know, right. like their own companies out of it. You don't want to go into something and then have to like. Um, evolve it so much that it's completely different than when it started mm -hmm. um especially because you're losing time with all that money and time and effort you put into it you're, you're setting yourself back that way right so right do think about it a little bit um don't worry about being the first just about really just meeting your own goals mm -hmm. um, and i i also think that there's some misconception between people who are in the same industry is that everyone has the same goals which i don't think they do uh, I know a lot of times people will be like assuming or fearful that, you know, I'm after this or that. And it's like, actually I'm not like, I'm, I'll never be interested in putting on a market, you know, of any sort, whether it's in Ramadan or whether it's down the line, like it's not a passion of mine. And if mm -hmm. I do it, maybe I'm just playing around or experimenting, but it's like, I already know I don't want to do it. Right. So I'm not after someone's idea or something. So it's the right. same with a lot of, with a lot of departments. That's just an example I can give. Um, a lot of us don't have the same goals and just because I don't voice them all out somewhere doesn't mean like, you know, that I'm just literally going to be like copying every single person's idea that comes my way. And that's just, I don't know why, but I think that people assume not just the worst about others, but like what they might might do or what they fear is exactly what the other person's thinking and feeling. Right. And it's not true. It's just, um, I don't know. And um, yeah, like another thing I do notice, which uh, and see how many issues there are, like, I don't even know what the solution is, but um, is uh, this feeling that, and I think it has to do with the, the, the kind of like culture that's happening in, in this country and maybe even around the world, Islamophobia and stuff, where Muslim women are boxed into such a corner that sometimes having our own business or our, or, you know, being good at whatever we're good at is the only thing we've got, like besides our families and stuff. So we're really attached to it and mm -hmm. we can't imagine our lives without it. Right. Um, and I think, I don't think anyone should be that attached that like, that's the business doesn't make you who you are. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great point. Even if this thing failed, you know, whatever you're working on, you'd still be a really great human being and could possibly just, you know, rebuild something up even better, just like the Sophia Maruso. And, and, you know, like you don't see her being attached. Like she just took it and ran, ran with something new. Um, but in, in the Muslim world, I feel like we're really attached to whatever we've built. We're really, that's, it's like our, our child and we're really protective about it and stuff. Um, and I get it. I get the parts that it's that mimic like parenting and, and children and stuff and raising it and putting all our effort into it. But I don't just like how we tell our moms, like, you know, don't, 
make it all about your kids and go have some time for yourself. It's kind of like that. It's like, you got to be separate from your business too. There's more to you. Um, right. And if we get, if we become those kind of people, I think that's what causes so much like sort of fear and like, you know, like, and, and people are like that all over the world with other things, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's healthy. So for right. our community, I think that's where a lot of that sort of competition instead of collaboration comes from, even though we love to use that word. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about goals. What, so what is the impact or the legacy that you hope to leave with um, Slate Collective as you being different and you mentioned everybody has their different goals. What is your goal or impact that you're, that you want to leave? Um, for me, it's not embedded within my company's branding or me. Um, like, honestly, when we all die, I don't think people remember each other that much, but they remember if you've helped them and if you change your life. So I want to like, I mean, I may not be able to convert as many Muslims in my life as I want, but if I can help them just be more at peace with being Muslim women because they found how to do something they love or mm-hmm. um, be better at something that they already are trying to do, for me, that's enough. So, um, and I honestly feel like those are the people who make dua for you and who like literally remember you their whole life. So mm-hmm. that those are my goals that I just want to change uh, or help people 1% of the time. Even if my company was to die and like God knows, like I like disappeared somewhere into an, you know, like some tragedy, um, God forbid, like, I think that they would still be like, oh, where's that person who, you know, help me with so-and-so or such and such thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's really my goal with every person. So it's business transaction afterwards. And am I actually helping this person? And can I? Right. Yeah, definitely. I think, well, like, honestly, I don't care about fast growth because right. I mean, it, it gets fun when like, when you get into the startup world and the tech world and all these, you know, entrepreneurship kind of things, you feel like you want to hustle the same way and stuff, but you have to remember, like, I always bring my Muslim values into it. And I always remember that like so many things are temporary. Like literally a lot of us have even health issues. I think about my own and I'm like, well, what if I don't survive till next week? You know, what if my brand crashes tomorrow? What if like, whatever, you know, um, what, how would I feel? What would what happen? So this is what really like, this is what makes me feel okay with any of that. Right. Yeah, definitely. I know when I first started Legacy Lab, like I was saying, I was looking for people that were doing something similar to at something there at Yenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she said, I would definitely remember you like that, not just a transactional exchange. Oh, mashallah. Yeah. So when I was um, first starting Legacy Lab, I was looking for people that were doing something similar to me or that were doing the same thing that had a similar goal. Um, Because when I envisioned Legacy Lab, I had, because I uh, volunteered as a Girl Scout troop leader for a while. I was like, I want to do something where we're everywhere and where I'm working with you or I'm working with someone else who also has another collective or has another group and we're bringing our information, our knowledge to share with each other, which not just me, which is why like, I hate doing podcasts by myself. Like I need to find some people, bring in their information, bring in their knowledge. Um, and I intentionally purposely try to go out and talk to people that I don't know, or people that have a different ethnicity than me to try and create that inclusion and diversity that I don't see. Um, and a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, I feel left out. 
I'm an African-American Muslim, so I'm going to make an African-American Muslim thing. And I'm like, yeah. that's more of the problem. So instead of mm -hmm. creating the diversity that you want to see, you're going to make your own. Like, that really didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, so when I started Legacy Lab, I was like, I, I, I want to find other people who are starting uh, Muslim Women Business Networks is what I was seeing a lot. So when I found you, I was like, ooh, here's a person I can contact. Let me follow her and see what she's doing. So um, when well, you talk you about your that. mission and your goals, I was like nodding my head. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because awesome. <laughs> I see a lot of us and we're entrepreneurs, but if you don't have that kind of that dialogue, you don't know what someone's intention is. But I'm just wondering, like, are they thinking about the impact that they're making or, you know, if I see one more makeup and hijab tutorial again, I'm going to scream. And I'm like, but what are they doing to impact the other person? Is it just to get them to buy more stuff? What is it? So like um, Leah V, I hope I'm going to have her on a podcast soon. Yeah, I love what she's doing because I'm like, okay, you see she's influencer. She's talking about fashion, but she's talking about self-happiness and body oh, yeah. image. It's not, about what, it's not about what she's wearing at all. And that's different. We don't, I don't see that a lot of people are doing it like that. What yeah, were you so going to say? I came out with a book too. And I'm excited to read that. Um, Cause it's not a lot of time when even influencers think to write anymore. So um, it's pretty cool. And also because I've been in that spot, like it's just always nice to hear someone else's story and its perspective. Cause it's not easy to get out of certain relationships and stuff and, and get to the place that she is. Um, mm -hmm. and, and she does it so unapologetically, like her cover is so brave and so beautiful. Um, so it'd be really cool to hear that podcast, but I totally get what you're saying. Um, you have to make that intentional and, you know, in, like not just mindset, but then take action on it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was impressed by your request actually, because there's not a lot of entrepreneurs in our, in, who will be in the same, same industry as me who want to feature the other person. So mm. in that request in and of itself, I knew that you had, um, you know, a bigger picture in mind and, you know, a good heart. And I was like, you know, I'm going to squeeze this in no matter what, because I want to like reward that kind of person and, um, you know, set an example in that way. Like th this is how collaboration works. Like we could be working towards like in the same industry with different business, like I've seen people have colleagues in the same industry and they are like great friends. Like they mm -hmm. literally check up on each other every single day. I see that in non-Muslim industries. And so I'm like, why cannot we have that? I don't get mm -hmm. it. So like, it would be so great, you know, like, and that's how you also connect. Like maybe after you had her on your podcast, it was like, Hey, can I get in touch with her? And you're the one who I'm going to ask. Right. Um, and, and vice versa, uh, you're like, maybe we can do an event together somewhere where your town is. Um, and it would be legacy lab and it's like together because sometimes you need to do that and it's better that way. There's not, I can't do everything by myself. So, um, similarly to what your, you know, your, your thoughts about having co-hosts on your podcast or just like different guests and stuff. If we're all thinking like that, that's how our business is going to grow. So if people don't know that like they don't they don't realize what actually causes growth it's not just about who's shouting you out and um like you know where you get featured and like you know like who like which pr like company uh, you know mentioned you or, or or a media company kind of mentioned you it's not about like you can you can spread your name that way but it 
you know, there's a different spirit there, right? Like people can also not resonate with it and also not like that someone's everywhere, but when they talk to that person, they don't really feel good. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it really, it starts with us. It starts with like how we ourselves are thinking, um, the kind of self-growth and, and maturity that we've got. And then we deal with it with other people. And that's true to any relationship. So why not business ones, right? Definitely. So yeah. it was really, really great to chat with you tonight. Um, I love all your questions. Like right now, if I was hiring for a podcast person, I'd hire you. Because I'm like, this girl just knows what she's doing. Um, and I'm always <laughs> looking for people like that or to refer someone. This is how I know mm-hmm. you, right? Um, well, thank I you. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just having fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear the first part. Um well, let's, let, let's, let's say it like this. Um, I know what podcast people are supposed to be doing. And so I can tell that you're one of the people who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'd, I was going to say that I'd love to learn more about your legacy lab and, you know, collaborate in some way, because the thing is that it is the person who makes you want to do it. It's not even just about like my brand. It's, I mean, my page might be inspiring to some people, um, but it's a reflection of me. And I try mm-hmm. to stay out of it in my face as much as possible. But some people have said, you know, you should get on there sometimes. Um, but otherwise, literally, it's because of you that I would want to, like, further my relationship. So people need to remember that. If there's one thing to take away. It's from, um, sorry, I'm just laughing at an emoji, emoji there. It's from person to person. Like, the person is the one who's going to make that sale. The person is the one who's going to, like, make something happen. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's you reaching out to me that this thing happened. It wasn't just, yeah, because, you know, so like, mm-hmm. obviously the, like our posts are, are, our social pages are a representation of what we're up to and et cetera. But if someone isn't into like believing the post or they think social media is an illusion or whatever, like just meet that person, just go and have a coffee with them. Just chat with them. Do you like, mm-hmm. you know, do you like your vibe? Do you, do you get a, like, do you have a good combo with them? And then you'll know like how you could work with them and like what their rest of their business would be about. Right. So yeah, it kind of reminds me of that hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu was talking about two businessmen in the market and they're selling the exact same thing and their prices are the exact same. Um, some people are going to go to this person and some people are going to go oh, to is that person. That? Oh my God. You yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So it See, really even back then they knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I try I to keep that in mind because I'm like that. I mean, it just makes so much sense. It's like, just, you know, set your intention and, and do what you're going to do. And I feel like collaborating, it's, I feel like it's the best thing. It's, I feel like it's where I'm um, making the biggest impact with what my goal is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying every collaboration is going to work or everyone's going to, every collaboration is going to make sense to a brand every moment. Sometimes you'll have to wait for something or, you know, like plan it out. We're almost done. Um, but <laughs> the thing is when you have that open mind, it's just a lot easier to get those collaborations happen you know like um and um and and i think people naturally want to work with you that way too it's if if you're turning people away that stuff goes around you know and especially without reason so like i remember um melanie from hot hijab initially she used to say like you know i apologize in in a way for people who i'm I'm not able to interview with but that's because it strategically doesn't work for my brand and it's and that's fine to say because you know like um she's not favoring anyone or, or, you know, turning anyone away specifically. It's just something that's not working for a company right now. Um, and 
it's true that I might not for yours too, but then it should be fair because a lot of times we won't see that. It's like, they'll be like, okay, I'll collaborate with you, but not with you. And, right. and you know, it just, it just becomes a hurtful kind of thing. So if you're open for collaborations, just try to like honor different people, get to know different people, um, have fun with it. Like there's sometimes you're never going to be able to think about the stuff like until that person brings you that idea, right? right. Like you might like the things you can come up with together, you might never have ever imagined on your own. So um, if you want to be that cool, innovative brand, like listen to people, talk to people, um, be trust people, not everybody's gonna like honor it, but it's just part of it. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you. Um, I'm gonna wrap this up with my last question. What are you currently working on? How can people get in contact with you if they have any questions after this? What's next um, for Slay Collective? I think this is the question that I dread the most because I don't ever know what, <laughs> what to pick from my work mm. I'm currently working on. I'm usually currently working on like five different things at once, which is what most people will tell me um, is my like flaw in a way, but it's it's literally how I've always worked um, since I was young. Um, I like, I'm that person who, I don't leave like 10 tabs open on my computer. I can't do that. But I literally have five project files open in my brain or in like literally in my living room floor my mom will be like when is this project getting wrapped up or something um <laughs> and it's just because um like and that happens when you either you grow too fast and uh you know didn't bring along all your team members with you or um you're that kind of person who just has a lot of ideas and you act on them before you finish the one before so like there's always things we're working on. If you look at the Slate Collective link in bio, you will see if there's an event going on, if there's a trip we're launching, if there's, you know, like we're, we're trying to launch our online membership collective in, in the first of Ramadan. So right now that's on the top of the links. Um, and we try to set it a little consistently so people can expect like on Thursdays, tomorrow, there's going to be always some travel related content on Fridays. We try to honor our founders, um, on the weekend, we kind of take a break and just focus on the fun stuff. So we kind of try to make a little pattern out of it. So it's, um, people can, you know, like get used to what we're, we're passing out. Um, but yeah, those are some of those things. And then some of them are like kind of top secret, so we can't release it yet, but we have something special coming for Ramadan. Um, I think that's, I think it'd be exciting for everyone. And the thing is we plan all this stuff like really far in advance, but still, it's still our first few years in business. So instead of perfecting one thing, sometimes we're literally experimenting with a couple at once and we're just kind of winging it as we go, adding team members wherever you find them. It's really hard to find the right team members sometimes. Um, just because like the people I'm looking for um, are either already working on something of their own or um, kind of already are, you know, like locked away full time. So it's, it's very hard to find who you're looking for uh, I think literally it's just a little bit of like God and, and good luck and, you know, you getting out there and, um, going out and literally being those places where you might find them. Um, and so I just find them randomly <laughs> in the places <laughs> that we end up. Um, so yeah, I just ask people to like be patient with me if I'm lagging behind somewhere, but literally there's always a bunch of things going on. We have, um, iftars and events coming up. Inshallah, I, I can't say where exactly until they're finally planned. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's an exciting time. And honestly, it's going to be that way until next year. So like the Muslim Women Summit we just did, 
it was our first trial one, but we're making it bigger and better for next year. So I wish I had more weeks to left that I can actually like add new ideas. And that's where really you step back from your business and, you know, you see, like, is it still working? Do you still want to do this? Um, But yeah, and and, like Slate Collective Instagram is probably the best way. Like DM is is a great way. You can also email. um, What else? Like, I'm probably going to, I I don't usually give out my phone number, but I will be, Slate Collective will be having a phone number that you can call soon. Okay. Sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on thank the Resilience Podcast. I can talk to you for hours, so I know. maybe next year sometime we'll have grown and have more questions and things and catch up and share everybody with uh, what we've learned. Oh, yeah, we're going to definitely stay in touch, even if it's not through a live. Yeah, so Don't definitely. worry. Um, and let me know um, whenever this stuff is um, all, like, edited and, like, put somewhere. Uh, be sure to pass it around. I dread hearing myself but then when someone says they like something I, that they heard then I'm like wait what was it that I said and then I go back and check it out and and then like sometimes I get to add cute pictures of myself somewhere so um, <laughs> definitely yeah I mean thank you for doing this and um if there's other episodes that you think would be of interest to our community always like tag us on it it's hard to like keep track of you know everything everyone's doing but this way once you've you know made that relationship you kind of want to keep track yeah definitely all right, it was good night, talking everybody. to Thanks you. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining, everybody. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum.